So, Monday morning, coming in early, just driving in this morning, my mind started to turn to the Tuesday night game. I'm starting to wonder whether I should open up the hex crawl element of my campaign to the school kids. They've been through the gate to Dragon Eye Tower now three times, and we've drawn three times. In fairness, they're not making a great deal of progress. They've had some fun doing it, but I'm not sure they've made much progress. And it's quite possible, really, that um, their big party, although kind of, you know, well-balanced, isn't sufficiently experienced and sufficiently clever, I suppose, <laughs> to um, kind of wake their way in. And I kind of wonder whether as well, like opening up the opportunity to the adult gamers might be fun. Although they're in the wilds right now, they on Friday, I think they're aiming to sort of return to uh, Zora Store at some point. So, I don't know. I see no reason why the Adventurers Guild wouldn't um, offer and open up the opportunity to go into the wilds. And I think it's kind of a good thing to give players choice. Um, they know now what Dragon Eye Tower means, or at least the kids do. And it um, kind of gives them that opportunity to go and explore the wilds. I'm thinking of giving them some specific mission to build, uh, perhaps try and build a relationship with the people of Refuge, um, the village on the far side on, of the gate. Or whether to, you know another team racing to find the way to the fire citadel of the Struggling Kings itself because actually you know that once the adults and the and the uh, kids start to realize that they might be competing with one another that might be interesting I don't know it's mulling it over at the moment prep wise there's no skin off my nose either way so um, I think I'm really quite tempted to offer the opportunity and just see what happens there we go, random thought for Monday morning. Welcome to the Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal. My name is Che Webster, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my own Game Master journey. Each journal episode features my audio notes recorded here and there over the weeks between my regular gaming sessions. It's a pretty candid snapshot of my inner life as a gamer, so you have been warned. Game on. Tuesday morning, tonight is, uh, you know, the games club with the school. <laughs> Um, haven't really got a lot of time to prep, so I'm just going to run through five minutes. Uh, in terms of creating a stronger start for the game, I've decided to give the kids the opportunity to travel to the Isle of Fire, or to continue to return to Dragon Eye Tower. I think either way, I mean, Dragon Eye Tower will just be now pretty deadly. They've been assaulted there three times, and I can see the winged kobolds setting up a pretty nasty ambush for anyone that kind of comes back such as there are left I've also decided that the kobold tribe that kind of sits a bit deeper into the dungeon um, behind where this current action is taken um, are going to come to the support of the winged kobolds I think it would make sense um, 
given the background of what's going on there. So that's that. You know, if they if they go through, they're going to be ambushed on the tower top, and we'll go from there. Um, if they go through the um, Isle of Fire gate, I think I'm going to play that a little softer, but I'm going to have them tracked and eventually ambushed by agents of the Silence. Um, this is a group that basically um, is starting to pop up and around the adult group, and uh, I don't want to spoil what their agenda is, but you know, essentially they're against the use of the gate. So um, that's what I'll do tonight, I think. The secrets and clues, again, barely have time to really think about it. I've come up with one extra clue, uh, sorry, secret, which um, I kind of think is cool. Um, but a lot of the stuff that's already down is fine and very recyclable. I mean, very little of it has become to light, so it seems fine to me. And I know that, in theory, you're supposed to, like, you know, scrap the list and kind of kind of take a new one each time. But I find, with so limited time... If I haven't revealed a lot of the old list, I don't see much point in throwing it away. It seems wasteful. Um, and I think I'd just rather add new ideas. And then in terms of the... Um, in terms of... Where we're at with the characters and stuff, I mean, they've got back. Um, they spent a week or so resting up. And the only thing I need to be mindful of and I need to look at in a bit more detail is the timeline. Um, I'm keeping, I do have a month, a kind of, you know, a calendar, a monthly calendar, and I'm tracking time with the adult group. And I kind of know when, um, well, I exactly know when the, um, uh, you know, school group went into the tower, when it came out of the tower and stuff. So I just need to make sure, because it's now going to be, a bit of a distance between the two groups in terms of what they're doing. I just need to make sure that if they do go to the Isle of Fire, it doesn't sort of screw up continuity for me too much. But, yep, the fantastic locations already exist, so um, I'm not going to worry too much. And I'm just kind of... I think the real value, you know, is not so much in creating, but just in kind of getting my head back <clears throat> to what I'm doing and just thinking through the consequences of what happened last time making sure that in my mind I know what I'm going to do. Sometimes I, don't, I think prep isn't necessarily something you write down. Um, and I often in the past have been obsessed with making sure I write things down. But um, I think the act of thinking it through, um, that stops you having to improvise. It's a bit like when I tell the kids of exam prep. It's the more you rehearse different questions, the more you rehearse different um, lines of thought, more you thought through something before you go into that room and sit down and have to write about it, the easier it is just to write about it. And I think it's the same with GMing. The more we have, you know, if we have time to think about it, if we've had time to like process in our minds the options and ideas and allow our minds time to process that and subconsciously kind of throw up maybe new ideas, the act of what looks like improvisation at a table, it isn't so much improvisation at a table, it is... Um, you know, a lot of it's prepared in our minds and we are presenting it in an improvisational way. I think that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. Kind of a weird session tonight at uh, the school club. Basically, we got going, uh, we started to get going and the guys were quite hyper there were three or four lads who were just basically messing around quite a lot and wouldn't really stop talking and jabbering um so i did my usual thing of sort of sitting quiet as gm 
waiting patiently. Slightly disapproving face, I suppose. <laughs> um, and they were kind of messing around. For two or three sessions now, these lads have been messing around. A lot of kind of like doing the immature thing, really, of threatening one another with kind of like attacking each other's characters and such. And there just was this moment where I was kind of like, for the, about the fourth time, okay, you know, this, this is where we are, this is the situation, is there anything you want to do in town? You're in town, they're recovering from their last foray, and they were in a bar, basically, kind of deciding what they were going to do next. And one of the lads goes, yeah, I'm just going to attack the character over there with my sword. Um, so you know what, I, I just went with it. <laughs> I adjudicated that. So attack rolls were made. Um, the guy who was being attacked tried to disengage and run for the door. I had the crowd and the shouts that went up inside the bar. Because the bar is actually like currently a bit of a known kind of uh, thieves guild den, plus the fact that the town is under kind of martial law. Uh, within a round or two I had guards running in um, and long story short, arrests were made, characters were um, captured, put on trial, and we kind of role-played the trial. I called all of the other characters as witnesses, <laughs> and it was this kind of quite bizarre scene. Well, I, bizarre in the sense that I'd never done anything like this before, um, but there was a scene where um, each of them was called to the stand to give evidence against the attempted murder, um, you know, the attempted murderer. And um, long and short, very short, they they basically, yeah, accused him of exactly what he tried to do. And they also kind of ganged up on one of his his friends and turned him in as an accomplice. And yeah, the characters were sentenced to death. And executed. Um, so yeah, that was probably one way of dealing with it, I suppose. <laughs> I it's a part of me that feels really like a git, but there's a part of me that felt like that was completely the right thing to do. The guys were declaring actions within the fictional world, which were. Um, gonna deal with some consequences um they were you know getting violent in a public place guards were called arrests were made some really interesting and weird things going on um on top of that one of the girls had she's playing a rogue and she decided that she just declared that she'd basically going out to murder somebody and again i had um i had made a decision that investigation you know the body would be found an investigation would begin, um, and I decided that the clerics of the temple would probably be called to speak with the dead. And from that, I decided that um, a description of the murderer was found and circulated in the city, and wanted posters have gone up. Unfortunately, when this character, when she was found to be involved in the bar thing and called before the court, she was also identified, arrested and tried as a murderess she decided to, to plead guilty and um was quite sanguine actually about her character being put to death because that's the law in the city of zorostor 
And we spent the yesterday evening really with four, I think it's four Karam players had to replace their characters because of this particular um, kind of action. And then some discussion was had about whether, you know, really it was discussion about whether the actions were, you know, in the interest of everyone's fun. Because three or four players, or another three players or so, were effectively left out, hang out to dry, while the session kind of collapsed into uh, creating new characters. The interesting thing, though, is that nobody seemed to express any upset about that. Um, the lad who kind of was a bit silly and initiated the whole uh, attempted murder on another character was a little bit confused, but kind of, I think, came to accept that his actions, his, as a character's actions, had kind of led to some natural consequences. So I don't know what you make of that. I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of think... I think it was important for me to respond to the players' desires and actions and to adjudicate a fair resolution of that. And given the kind of nature of the place, the city that they're in, and the situation, it seemed perfectly natural. Um, but, hey, I don't know, whatever. So, when we get back to the table, there'll be some new characters. You'd be pleased to know that Link the Eighth was not one of the characters who saw, who uh, was um, executed, and uh, she, he has in fact survived. So, yay! <laughs> um, one thing I did do is I gave the three players who had been patient, I gave their characters an experience bonus um, for kind of honesty in court and such. So, okay, I'm going to shut up now. I don't know what you make of that. I don't if, I'm probably just rambling, but that was what happened at club tonight. Thursday morning, just um, early into work, and there were a couple of things on my mind. I wanted to share that yesterday I had an interesting conversation with uh, three of the lads. The three lads who were basically disrupting the game on Tuesday night and with whom we ended up going through the trial. Um, I had an they were in my, kind of one of my groups, and um, just chatting to them at the end of a session, and um, one of them said interesting, he said, I really enjoyed it. That was really fun. Um, and it sort of took me aback about it a little bit because I really expect that players would hate having their characters put on trial and executed. And I'm pretty sure that adults would. And I'm pretty sure that the adults out there listening to the previous um, kind of confessions from my GM decision on Tuesday would probably agree that it was a bad thing to do. I feel quite guilty about it in a lot of ways. But what's interesting is the players, they don't seem bothered. Um, those kids have all signed up. They're all doing new characters. They're all ready to come back in a month's time when we actually get to the table. That's the only frustrating thing. It's a month till we get back to the table. Two weeks of holiday, and then it's two weeks before you know of actually you know meetings and other interruptions that stop me getting back to that table with them. So it's a real shame. It'll be mid-May before I really get gaming with them again. But hey, you know, my point being, they don't seem bothered. It's Thursday, so I've also got to prep for tomorrow night's game with the Friday Night Gamers. Um, looks like three of them are coming, which is great. One of the players, Pete, just posted up uh, another episode. Uh, sort of, He's doing a text write-up of like what happened in the session, which is really interesting to read from my perspective. Um, and I'd, Part of me really wants to sort of edit that and share those on my blog or something. But, um, I don't know if anyone would be interested in reading them, but uh, I'm not sure if Pete would let me. <laughs> but I'm going to... Uh, I'm probably... 
probably going to have a good look at that over the holiday and see if I could do something with that. It'd be really good to have the players, yeah, the players' journals, if you like, kind of out there somewhere. Uh, it'd be interesting for you guys to read the different perspective to the one that you're hearing on my podcast. Anyway, so I've got to prep that tonight. Um, don't think that'll be too difficult. Um, I sort of think I know, broadly speaking, what they want to do. Um, they're in a dungeon, so that'll need finish finishing. And then they're probably going to want to return to the gate and return to Zorastor. At which point I've got a decision to make about whether to offer them the job of going into uh, Dragonite Tower. So that will be a, a curious question to ask them. Hey, Jay, it is Jason Hobbs from Random Screed. Hey, man, congratulations on starting a Patreon. Congratulations on having a successful podcast at Anchor and really appreciate you being part of the OSR Anchorites. Um, I think you're a great dude. Uh, you know, I think you may have some issues with your VTT, uh, but other than that, I got about 2,400 hours of playing um Roll 20. Uh, I love dynamic lighting. I think it really adds a lot, especially to the type of game that I run, which is really uh, an old school hex crawl with some dungeon crawling. And uh, dynamic lighting really, really helps that. So I think that's super awesome. Uh, next, I want to talk to you about joining my Kalmata game. Email at me at Hobbs at HobbsandFriends.com and I'll see you on your patron, brother. Later. Thanks, Jason, for the call. It's really good to hear from you. And, yep, yeah, you know, I guess I've kind of touched on a a nerve with the VTT thing. It seems like there's kind of an additional war thing going on between Fantasy Grounds and Roll20. Hey, man, I'm not against Roll20 particularly. It's just that my experience of it was less positive than my experience of Fantasy Grounds. But hey, I'm up for having a game. I dropped you an email, um, and it looks like you haven't got that, because I think as I'm doing this, we've just kind of made contact via Facebook Messenger, which is kind of like, feels like I'm descending to the seventh pit of hell playing around with Facebook, but there we go. Um, hey, dude, you know, let's see if we can maybe get a game together over the holiday that I've got ahead over the next two weeks. That would be kind of cool. Anyway, man, it's great to hear from you. Thanks so much for your support. Uh, of coming and being a patron too. That's awesome. Uh, I'll catch you soon. Right, well, I'm home. It's Friday night, um, and I'm absolutely shattered. This is another one of those times when I would, in the past, I would be really tempted to cry off. It's the last day of term. It's been seven, eight weeks, solid work, a lot of late nights, and, uh, yeah, I'm just tired. It's about half past four. I got home quite an early, you know, reasonable time tonight. But, um, you know, the guys are over at from seven. Um, game itself, probably about eight. We've got one of the players arriving a bit late, but the other, the other two should be on time. And I'm going to, I'm making a decision tonight. That I'm going to try and go min prep. Um, I kind of want to see what I can do without, you know, using the hex crawl mechanisms and using everything that's there. Um, whether I can kind of relax enough to just kind of take the evening as it comes. Um, I think there's enough structure there that means that I won't need to prep very much. I've got the characters, they're on the Isle of Fire, they are currently in a dungeon and it's going to be playing, probably the guys will want to explore the rest of that. And then before then uh, they leave, 
head across country and back to the moon gate, ready to return to Zora store. And at this stage, I think that I can run that pretty much as it stands with the prep I have. Only thing I'm going to think about is what next. So as I think I mentioned in an earlier, um, uh, earlier in the week, I'm going to kind of think carefully about whether I want to offer them an opportunity to go to the Dragon Eye Tower location um, through the other gate where the students have currently been um, trying and failing to kind of take that tower. So um, thinking about the bounty offer for that and, um, you know, the kind of what might the opportunity be. So just going to see, really, going to see what I, what I make of that tonight. Um, I also, it's kind of something that Jason Hobbs is on about, the uh, integrity of kind of keeping the random processes running and trying not to throw things in, just kind of keeping the pace of the constructed game. And because my hex crawl, the system I'm using for hex crawl does have, you know, you know it generates encounters um, and every hex kind of can potentially generate encounters. And I try and keep the integrity of that and really consciously try not to add to that. So we shall see. So that's where I'm at tonight. I'm tired, but um, I'm kind of up for it. I think I'll be all right. But, you know, there would be this huge... I mean, in an hour when I'm, I'm really hit the pit of energy, that's when it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. But we'll see. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. And, um, you know, this is the first day of the holiday, or the last day of the work. So as we turn into holiday, and I kind of want to enjoy that. I kind of want to celebrate that. And I want to spend time with my mates. And the best way of doing that is gaming. Absolutely want to keep this game alive, and I know then that this tonight will probably give me the energy and impetus to kind of do some prep next week and expand my hex scroll, create uh, more locations, and also start to really build and expand the dungeon. So I haven't done much on that since last holiday, so it'll be interesting to see where I go over the next few days. There you go. That's where I'm at on Friday night. Let's see what happens. All right, it's Friday night. It's about. What is it about? Quarter to ten. Just had a TPK. Oh my goodness. So our heroes are raiding some ancient tomb and um, put down the, for want of a better word, banditos that were holding it. And they started to investigate the tomb and then really fell foul of the curse on the Isle of Fire which causes the undead, or the dead to rise as undead. And, yeah, into a fight with zombies, which, with the power and death running through them, are considerably stronger than the uh, creatures or the bandits that were in the first place. So, right now I'm sitting at the table with the guys starting to roll up replacement characters, which is surprising. There you go. One good bit of news is Ian's cracked open the Adventurer's Backpack book, so there'll be something interesting. Yeah, I'm thinking of Elven Archer. Really boring. Nothing boring about the Elven Archer. I know. <laughs> Rain death from above. So, Ian, what are you playing? An Elven Archer. Okay, cool. And Pete? Uh, Brooks Druid. Brooks, oh, Ratman, cool. Yes. Yes, and Andy, what are you playing? Um, a human assassin, I think. Human assassin. Very different party. Cool. <sighs> what have I done? 
Saturday morning. It's early. I'm just going to... I'm throwing together the next GM's Journal episode um, after the Friday night game, and I'm pretty low. Total party kill. I hated it. <laughs> and... Um, kind of odd, one of my players is silent, one of my players, he probably just went home and slept to be fair, because I'm up stupidly early, uh, one of my players is sort of posting, hey good game, got a new character, kind of looking forward to it, and one of my players is very down, and um, well the honesty is that either way, I'm down, oh how do I explain this? So basically last night we we ran through a scenario and before I had made that conscious decision I was going to do the Hobbs thing of kind of really um, staying true to the, the procedural nature of the game that I was running. And um, there's a lot of unluck in a way. So the guys are in a, a team that's cursed and I had decided... Um, because it's on the Isle of Fire, and because the Isle of Fire is kind of cursed with this, with the um, undead curse, <laughs> um, my brain has just eluded what I actually called it. I had a really cool name for it. Um, but basically, sentient creatures that die arise, um, usually as night falls and a new day begins through that period they rise quickly so fresh kills as zombies etc um, I'm pretty sure you can get the idea in um, another thing in my in Mr. is that there are places that um, cause the undead to rise um, cursed places often ancient tombs, desecrated tombs. The act of desecrating a tomb disturbs the dead and can cause a rise in sort of necromantic energy. Um, and those two things came together. So they're on the Isle of Fire and they're in a tomb that's been desecrated and I decided that the random, the random encounter role I reduced the random encounter roll rate to once per hour, but I decided that every hour, as they went through um, the remainder of the day, there would be a chance that the zombies would rise. And the guys had done a couple of things. They tried copying off the heads of the zombies and burning them. So we've got like, we've got eight creatures that, or eight of these um, bandits that have been killed, one of them's the leader, and seven of them are in one chamber, another one is in a chamber, they've sort of fallen below. And the thing is that they'd already, I mean, I've been foreshadowing how this kind of works quite a bit. They've had, um, they come across like a disembodied arm crawling across the ground, because body parts basically animate until their necromantic energy is, is sort of driven from it. So a single kill of the zombie or a single kill of the skeleton is enough to sort of put it down. And the people on the island already told them that, you know, you you burn the dead before dawn, um, before night, and you 
Uh, and they kind of knew this and they were debating whether, because they were bandits outside, besieging the uh, entrance to the, the tomb. Um, they'd been caught on two fronts last session. Uh, they barred the doors and they were kind of debating whether to chuck all the bodies out and just kind of do that. But they decided not to, you know, worried about they were going to get stormed by the guys outside. And they wanted to explore the tomb, so they kind of like left the, the bodies. And it probably would have been a reasonable call um, in any normal situation, on the, even on the normal. <laughs> on the Alifar, if they were outside, that would have been a reasonable thing. It could have given them some space and it would have been plenty of time. And then I rolled a one on my D6 for the first hour. And I made that the bandit leader when one of the guys went back to try and find if the bandit leader had keys to any of the locks they were coming across. And they found him crawling away. Um, And we kind of dealt with him quite quickly. And I was desperately like, at that point, kind of thinking, right, I'm just gonna keep this really simple. But I knew in my head that if I if this happened again, that the others are going to rise. And um, to my mind, I was playing it generous. I to somewhat generous. I could have, oh, you know, what I probably should have done is rolled some random dice, see how many had risen the first time, or have them all rise the first time. But I just chose to like do the one. It was kind of vaguely dramatic, and um, they put it down. They got the keys. They went back. They got found some treasure and they started to investigate some more tombs and then they decided to sort of move the treasure into a place where it was a bit more secure while they went and checked out the rest of the dungeon and a lot of time passed so I rolled and I rolled another one and they heard the sounds of the zombies rising and they basically ran to engage them and the cleric Vinster failed his his turn roll the half-goblin illusionist monk kind of ran up to a man behind and the two warriors kind of moved into the room. So it was looking reasonable. The seven zombies shambled up and charged forward to slam. And they cut two of them down very, very quickly. And I was thinking, okay, this is all right. And then, of course, they started missing. And then, of course the zombies started to hit. And I was doing the dice rolls in the open, so actually rolling them in front of them on the table. Because again, I've come to believe that it's really important to be honest with your dice rolls, not to fudge things. Um, it's part of the start of play, and um, it's just pretty horrendous. I had one of the zombies, one of the guys went down, I had the zombies, one of the zombies started chewing on it, and then I kind of had a couple of them run off after one of the other living creatures. And then I introduced a, a 50-50 chance that a zombie would go for chewing or would chase down the living guy. Um, again, an attempt really to take some of the pressure off the guys who were down and buy some time. But it also seemed reasonable within the fiction um, as sort of an improvised moment. And uh, they wasn't enough. They went down really quickly. And um, we kind of got to that situation where they're all unconscious and, and bleeding or all unconscious in the tomb. Yeah, I just couldn't see a way of making that anything other than a total party kill. The bandits outside would have no reason to help the guys. They didn't even know necessarily it was happening. The 
zombie certainly aren't going to like take them away and um, tie them up or keep them prisoner or whatever. They're just going to eat them. And so yeah, that's where we got to. And um, now I feel just horrendous. I feel really guilty and I feel really down. The guys kind of made new characters pretty much in silence. The, the, I was trying to lighten the mood by talking, but it just felt like, just felt like talking to the air, really. Um, and it really, really, really um, was not easy. And in the end, I just ended up sort of tidying up and sort of putting stuff away and trying to be as positive as I could. And it's Saturday morning and I kind of feel like I don't want to play. So yeah, I mean, I bought myself some space because it's Good Friday and I sort of said to the guys, I don't want to really run this campaign with Ian missing, you know, just two of the guys might make it. So I'd like to do something different just for that one session. So we're going to be back at the table in a month. Well, maybe. And it's just like the lousiest way to start Easter holiday because I've got two weeks where I could be working hard and prepping and I just feel like I don't want to do it. Why do I feel that way? I don't know. I feel guilty and I feel bad and I feel like worst GM in the world again. That's how I feel. So I'm putting it out there into the universe, I guess, and saying, you know, what the hell. So intellectually, I know that it's part of the game, that it's a good thing in many ways uh, a lot of people would believe it's a good thing so why don't I feel that way because of the way the players reacted I guess because defeat sucks and you know ultimately I kind of pull and root for the hero or the players you know I want them to do well and they were having fun and I like those characters and you know it's kind of brutal and I'm really into minds now because I don't know, thinking about maybe they should have hirelings or you know, double up the party. I don't know, whatever. I just honestly, right now, I just feel like I just don't want to do it anymore. I just, you know, that's it. I kind of feel that low. And I don't know if anybody else out there has ever felt that way, but that's how I feel. So, yeah, not exactly a high point to leave this particular um, week of gaming, is it, really? Um, I screwed up and completely toasted the bloody school game and a TPK in the adult game and yeah what kind of GMs might make me then that's it for another GM's journal episode as always please let me know what you think and drop me an anchor voice message to share your response My goal is to create a community of discovery about role-playing games in which you can feel accepted, whether as a player or as a game master. Come and join the conversation. In the meantime, all that's left is to wish you a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster, and this has been a Roleplay Rescue GM's Journal episode. See you again on the flip side. Game on!